Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Team Hive Mind podcast, episode seven. Uh, I choose you, 40k. I'm your host, James Denton, and this is a show where we discuss current local and worldwide meta trends in the competitive 40k scene. We also delve into other aspects of the hobby as well. If you wish to join us and become part of the growing Team Hive Mind community, head over to our Discord. The link is in the description or email us. The link's also in the description now. Um, and again, join us at one of our upcoming events, by, which you can find out about by visiting the Team Hive Mind Facebook page. Uh, the next one is, in fact, on the 23rd of April and is already starting to fill up. And they are always great fun, uh, mostly because Alex is there. And if you wish to support us in any other way, please use our Element Games affiliate link also in the episode description. Uh, before we begin the episode, I want to thank our guest from last time, uh, Stephen Box of Vanguard Tactics, for joining us as our first actual first guest. Um, it was an absolute pleasure, and he is a credit to the hobby. Um, we also are really grateful for the feedback he provided, uh, which hopefully we will be able to act on going forward in the future, like not getting too excited and talking over him. Um, this episode, we'll be looking uh, about how you enter the foray of 40k itself. Um, what is either a best pick for the first, second, fifth, 20th army for some? We'll also be looking at how to decide what's the right army for you and what might be armies to avoid for different players, because as you know, the top level players talk about, everyone has a different play style and certain armies play into that for others. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts who will be joining me for our intrepid discussion around the armies. Uh, we have Alex. Oh, yeah. And Matt. Hello. Always delayed. And Simone. Hi. Hello, everyone. Oh. Uh, since the last episode, again, it, it feels like a chasm of time always occurs in between these. Uh, what have people been working on or what's new in the hobby uh, for different people? Uh, Simone, have you managed to fit in some hobby time this time? Yes, I did. Yeah, you pronounced I Simon. <laughs> or Simone. You can try Simone. So <laughs> I actually done quite a lot of a hobby. So quite interesting one. So I started a new project. Uh, not for me again, for my brother. So I'm the slave painter of my brother. So I started painting Skaven for his new Age of Sigma army. So it's completely mm. different from what I've been painting so far. It's definitely a modern range that is too far from me. They're not Gucci enough for me, but it's good, nice um, technique that I can do. So I can paint all the fur, which I never done it before. So yeah, this was quite nice. Also, which I guess we can put under the hobby. Uh, I went to the local uh, hobby store here in Seven Oaks, and one of my girls was very interested in a blood ball. And she wanted to see it, to see how it works, etc. So I said, okay, let's try it. And then if you like it, we can buy the box. So what we did, we did, uh, um, we got a big piece of paper. We draw a grill on it. I got a couple of models like from my night aunt and uh, the sister. And uh, with some very basic rules, we play blood ball with my nine years old and my four years old. It was actually wow. good fun. It was really good fun. So we might get a box of the starter set of Blood Bowl soon. So that was quite nice. So Ernie, how long does a game of Blood Bowl take? I got no idea because we play a very simplified rules. So I don't know about the the, the standard one. I would say an hour. 
something like that, pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I tried to play with my children many months ago, but, you know, they got bored of it as soon as it wasn't them destroying my models. So I think, <laughs> I, I don't know how to get kids into 40k, and maybe until they're a bit older, so perhaps Blood Bowl is a good idea. Yeah, so for, for 40k, obviously, we, we nev- I never tried with them. But we did. We do paint models, so they go. They start a set with some Death Guard and uh, Space Marine. It's one from the eighth edition, and they paint those models. And unfortunately, my eldest, when uh, I let, it, uh, I, I say you can buy any model that you want, pretty much in this price range. She pick a. She pick a Tau. She pick a oh. Tau the Piranha. So I was very disappointed as a father, but I did have to buy the the, the Piranha Tau. Uh, she painted it, so she loved it. So the hobby side, we've been doing it for quite a long time, with my four years old, with my eight years old. And for Blood Bowl, I think it's a good one, because if you strip off most of the rule, you keep it very, very, very simple, it actually works quite quite well. So it's a nice one. Good. So that's been my hobby progress. That might be good, actually, James, if I can, if I can go into mine. You can segue, um, yeah. Because my eight-year-old son, who I've been painting, building, you know, paying for our friend up in Edinburgh to paint some of these models as well, he's been on Blood Angels since I kind of got in back into the hobby 18 months ago. That's what he was instantly attracted to. Uh, and then we went into our local games workshop store um, a few weekends ago. And there was an older boy in there who was kind of sort of early secondary school, I'd say. And he was advocating to Arlo that he should also play Tau. And I, I said to Arlo about, about a week ago, and I made him cry, and I felt awful because I said, over my dead body, will I buy you any Tau models? And so we went back in last weekend into the Warhammer shop, and the same boy was in there, and Arlo said to him, my dad won't let me have Tau. And his, his lad said, don't worry, there's another really good army, Votan. <laughs> so now I've got to choose for Arlo between breaking his heart or buying him Tau or Votan. You didn't punch the kid, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> so no, I, I, bought him a, I bought him a packet of boys and picked oh, him cool. out of the store. <laughs> Aesthetically, Tau are definitely better looking, I feel, than Votan. Yes. I, I like the Tau. I did actually buy them for myself ages ago, and then I sold them as soon as I play one game. <laughs> I think for me, it's the love of Gundam, and when I was younger, like Mech Warrior. That sort yep. of aspect for me is it's the models. I'd love to buy a Riptide and paint it up, um, but yep. I just wish. I, I know it's a bit of a meme, but I would love them to bring out some kind of combat Tau crisis unit, or you know, something a bit more. Uh, hard wearing yes. than crew carnivores. Yeah, the um, that new Commander Farsight model that looks really cool. Oh, good. Yeah, that'll be a I agree. project. I, I agree. Forward to Richard Moore, um, who is basically every time he turns up wins the painting competition at our events. I look forward to seeing his Farsight model. Um, yeah. That was a tough competition, though. Last, that was last that was a lot, a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Neal's Death Guard were amazing as well. They were was anything like his um, Yavara was. 
Oh, models sick as well. Mm. Is Vara with yeah. the um, like the, the plasma wash around it? The oh, the um, the lighting effect, whatever it's called, uh, OSL. Or OSL, something. yeah, but it, it, yeah. The, um, wash, the flame wash from his um, Yvara's mm. amazing. That was good. Yeah, there was the the guard arm. I can't remember the name of the person, but the guard army as well that was sort of an undead force. Yeah, um, that had some really cool models, and. There was quite a few others. My favourite one was Baz, who didn't realise he had entered the competition because he'd wandered <laughs> off and left his models on the table, um, but then got quite a few votes um, because his his uh, Space Marine army does look quite nice. And the uh, little on the banner on the Contemptor Dread, I can't remember what it and says, it, but it, it has a little, banner. like, you're too close. Yeah, stop, stop reading you can this. read this, you're too close. Brilliant. Yeah, stop reading this, that's it. But, yeah, those little things are quite cool. Um, so I have uh, built myself a nice little Brutalis Dreadnought, um, who, although is on the same base as a Redemptor, um, the Brutalis definitely looks like it did not skip leg day or arm day or chest day. Um, it's so much chunkier. Like, even the fists are, like, double the size. Um, so it's a proper little combat model. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, it's a little bit over-costed um for what it will do because it basically was built and the same as the the nerf marines the desolation marines who i've also built um they were sort of built with the old points in mind so i think it, with a bit of adjustment they might sort of fall in line a little bit um a lot of people are giving those desolation machine marines a bit of stick do they look good in real life or are they as bad as people have said um I think they'd have, I think they'd have been better if they'd been Gravis armor. Just look wise, if they'd have been Gravis armor, they would just would have looked more solid. So they are like normal intercessor size models. Um, the guns I don't feel look as bad as the pictures did. Sometimes the Warhammer community pictures can make models look a bit odd. Uh, Lilith, the Drakari model, got massive stick for her tiny feet and funny chonky legs. The model in real life looks a lot better than the one did, or the photograph of it did. So I, I don't hate them. Like they, they, as a few others have said on different channels um, and podcasts, they're sort of growing on people as a model. Um, I quite like the gun. It's just, it just looks. I think because it is a bit over the top. Um, I have also succumbed to the the wolf guard curse and i now have 15 of them built and painted um ready to face matt on thursday and die promptly to dark angels but they are equipped with 15 commie melters each. uh <laughs> yeah, 15 melters each um oh that'd be amazing <laughs> how many shots does that unit have uh 65 um and i'm in half range so it's d6 plus two ap4 because i'm in the ap5 because i'm in the tack doctrine um, which is the weird thing about them because they're rapid fire. Um, and then there's a lot of thunder hammers. So there's even more thunder hammers, um, than, than last week. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. Matt, what's more new? Dark angels. No, but what's new? What else is new in the world? <laughs> I mean, you sound so happy about your dark angels. Azrael is out, isn't he? I think, I think we need to do a little bit of talking about Azrael is Azrael is up for pre-order this Azrael's weekend. Up for pre-order, yeah. I suppose, because he goes out. Is it this weekend? If this goes out on the Thursday, hopefully, if we 
Pope James. This Lovely. weekend will be up for pre-order. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, go out this weekend on pre-order. At time of record. At time of recording. Yes. yes. Yeah. We always have to say that. <laughs> nah, so, um, let people look at the the, the date. <laughs> Working out yeah. for themselves. Um. And yes. Who? Sorry, Matt. A, a very important Who? orc character. Orc. Yeah, no. We haven't talked about that one, mate. Okay. Skip it. <laughs> Bash, Bash, Tor, and Azrael are more important than some orcs or whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll see who or... kills who the next time we play, shall we? Hey, Azrael's, Azrael's got a nice little buff. 30 points is a bit annoying. Not going to lie. But what's he got? Plus, plus, he's now seven wounds, which is a good break point. Yep. Seven wounds is a good break point for damage two, damage three weapons. It's, it's an extra attack on both of you need to get through him. Yeah. Plus one, plus one damage himself. So he's now gone from damage two to damage three, which again is a good, a good break point. Um, yeah, and plus, plus one attack just because he's from Aris. So 30 points. I mean, the plus one win, plus one damage. Not bad. I don't think many people so, use him aggressively at the moment. A lot of people use him for the buff. <laughs> he's got the, the reroll one aura for each hits. And then the four plus plus four pinball. Right. Yeah, he hides. So he, he's moment. more of a buff character. He gives two CP as well because he's a warlord. So he's more of a buff character at the back than getting stuck in. But saying that, he's no slouch now. He's seven wounds, permanent transhuman, two up save, four up pinball. He's not a slouch in combat if he gets there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, what's no, your thought no. on the model? As in, uh, do you see it as I a like nice? It. I, I, apart from the bolter, no? apart from that bolter, the the, the size okay. clip on the bolter is annoying, and I'm gonna. I mean, I've, I'm hopefully, hopefully lining up um, one of our friends of the channel, Henry. Um, I'm hoping Henry will get this one painted for me because he does some good good painting and then I'm hoping that I can um, mm. get Richard who James was talking about earlier on to try and paint up the lion when he might be may not be we don't know we'll see his release yeah we have no info I want but, to, the, uh, the, the mod, but the model is the same as the old one just in bigger the scale model, if the model I... is very close to the existing Azrael model mm. it's just an updated model um, I like there's an option okay. for the helm so he can wear the lion helm instead of being bareheaded which is cool like Having Azrael in the Lion Helm is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. But it's just that side clip on the bolter. I don't know why they went for the, the, the clip sticking out the side. But Okay, so I was referring to the fact that basically they've done the same models, like they updated. Do you think it's a good thing as a tribute of the, I do. Yeah, uh, I like the it. old I, one? Or is I, a lazy exercise? No, I think paying homage to sort of... A, it's a classic model, isn't it, the Azrael? He's a classic metal. He's he's an old old model now, but it's a, it's an iconic model. Same as Ezekiel. The, 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 I think the two poses on those two are quite iconic. So I think paying homage to that pose and that model. Okay. I don't because think, if it, I don't think he's got a strategy rock, has he? A tactical rock. He hasn't got a strategy rock. I don't think huh. he's got a tactical rock that James Workshop no. is giving every new model. They all seem to get their tactical yeah. rock, put their foot on. But I don't think Asriel has that. I think he's still. No. Two feet okay. on the ground. In fairness, a lot of their big piece models, like the design doesn't massively change. I literally, only because I looked up and I've got the original metal avatar um, and the new one. Yeah. 
And and Abaddon's the same. Abaddon's very similar. The only difference is literally, I mean, the new Avatar is like three times the size. Eldrad is very similar. There's just the biggest difference between old, old, old Eldrad and new Eldrad is Eldrad is not in metal and the detail is a lot higher. Jane's are, again, it's better detailing. I wouldn't say there's like a huge departure from the original model um, because I think it's, again, as Matt said, it's iconic. If, you know, you put, you know, the avatar down on the table and the first thing someone went was, who the fuck or what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then you go to the avatar and they go, oh. Well, we're not a PG show anymore, are we? No. Um, okay. There's one word that's banned. We've said that. We, we've had swearing. We we just were polite for our previous guest um, <laughs> because we know. Because, it... Paying tribute, homage to the old model, I hope they don't do it to the Blood Angels Dante, which is one of the worst models around. I hope they will <laughs> do a new one in the new edition. Yeah, yeah see, but, but Dante they, is a proper hero pose model, like launching himself into combat or something, seeking death in combat. Yeah. You know who'd be landing on a tactical rock with a really flimsy ankle joint? Um, which is their other favourite pose. Cool. Not the lion. Anything else? The lion anyone? needs a proper duelist pose when he comes out. I'm hoping... Will the really lion have his helmet on? No, he'll have his hair flowing. Because yeah, he, he gave it to Azrael, right? Yeah, Azrael's got the lion helmet. Azrael's got the option to have the Lion Helm on or off. So Azrael can wear both. I think it should be on. I don't know, look quality. Then it is a little bit different from the original. Yeah. I yeah. like the change. And um, the cool thing is, his little watcher is changeable as well. So if he's got the Lion Helm on, he could hold like the Lion Sword, not the Lion Sword scabbard. He could hold um, the Blade of Secrets, is it? Sword of Secrets? Azrael's sword? Yeah. Top of my head, Sword of Secrets. He can hold the scabbard for Azrael's sword, basically. Like the Lion Sword. Um, but if Azrael is bareheaded, he holds the lion helm instead, so that the watcher flicks to whatever the, you've got modelled. So you can either have the watcher with the helm and Azrael bareheaded, or the watcher with the scabbard and Azrael with the helm on his head, which is cool. That's cool. Or could you could you really confuse people and have him wearing the lion's helm and the watcher holding one? And the watcher holding it. This is not the helm <laughs> you are looking for, sort of thing. <laughs> I just want to be in the room when um, the lion does come back and ask Azrael back for that helmet. Like, cheers, but um, mine? (laughs) No. Azrael, like, this is my badge of office. Mm, That's mine, (laughs) mate. Mass model update. But yeah, cool. Um, So, I mean, there is the Vashtor model as well that will be coming out. The model itself does look pretty cool, I think. The model is awesome. That is a cool... He's a demon prince, isn't he? He is a full demon prince. He he is a weird sort of well, in between I mean, demon prince, demigod. I know prince, he's like a demigod. part of god, but I think his rule is a mm. demon prince. It's a yeah. really cool. Um, he's like a he's he's a step in between. Um, is he a bit bellicor and a demon prince? Yeah, okay. he's. I think I'm right. He's trying to become the fifth chaos god. Yeah, that's what his plan that's is. That's what the arcs and Roman pieces are about. People. Yeah. It's cool. Shame. It's, it's a very cool now. model. It's more mm. horror film looking, this model, yeah. than Bellaco. Very, Bell- yeah. Bellaco is more action movie, mm. where this one is proper horror. I quite like it. A bit it. more Lovecraftian. Um, if you took, I don't know if you played the game Dead Space, uh, like mm. the Xenomorphs are. But yeah, that sort of, uh, sort of futuristic sort of techno 
punk sort of crossed with Lovecraftian horror, and you get Vashtor. Yeah, he's trying to basically the chaos god of like demons, isn't he, whatever. Effectively, yeah, he's the techno god, um, which makes him sound horrific. Um, but he is trying to the, the chaos gods are scared of him in the sense that he basically has the on switch for all of the demon engines which is really cool okay. for him which yeah would you know make people a little bit uneasy suddenly yeah. you know a bit like order 66 from star wars another spoiler if you haven't seen it too late um you know literally gets the entire of the demon engines to turn against the rest of chaos would be quite a cool battle um but yeah moving <laughs> on to the main section before we get too distracted or i get too distracted so the main sort of port of call here and what is the sort of bit that we're going to drill down into and focus today is looking at what army to buy um but before we can work out what actually is an army worthwhile buying um we're sort of going to discuss through um what makes a good or a bad army and actually look through um how armies can be grouped effectively or sort of split up so this is just, just to clarify army. this is through the lens of a sort of a beginner's army isn't it it's not just a good or bad army in general it's more aimed at is it it's a, good or bad a bit for a of both because it's what's I, I yeah we'll look at it from both points of view of what's a good one for a new player and also for what might be a good next army um and sort of think about along the lines of if you own a certain type of army what would be either a complementary force because it allows you to take more things on the battlefield or what would be something that is a divergent army that gives you a different experience of play modeling hobby whatever aspect um but first of all what is a good army who wants space to bring that one up space marines. Done. let's go to the park <laughs> see they're not a great from my point of view they're not a great starting <laughs> army um but in terms of a good army for me um sort of to clarify what magic stuff's in my head which is why i spend most of my life doing thinking people understand what's in my brain um is an army that actually particularly for a newer player allows them to learn the game if you were playing an army that acts in one well, two phases because every army acts in the movement phase but if you've got an army that is literally a movement army and does combat or movement and shooting or movement and predominantly psychic you're not going to learn as much potentially as from an army that acts in all of the phases that's for me a good learning army which i disagree for that <laughs> <laughs> because so, so I think for me it's not that one as much, unless it's very, 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 very skewed. Um, even so, I think a good army for a beginner is an army that is a little bit more forgiving than uh, the average. So an army that is not a glass cannon, for example, that you get overly punished if you if you do the, the movement phase wrong or or something like that, but not too forgiving like custody. So maybe yes, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah. But I don't mind if you skip one phase or two, unless it's very, very skewed like mm. Tau. But I don't want to go in the specific now. I think that, uh, just because I think that point's going to be quite relevant later, I think it then becomes what is your journey for learning? What is, you know, you've joined 40k, are you just a casual player at home? Or are you someone that wants to, you know, get to tournaments quickly? Because if you pick something that's more forgiving and then you go to a tournament scene where, you know, the skill level generally is higher than a casual environment, unless you come currently to our team hive mind meta of league, which is a bit <laughs> brutal at times, um, you might turn up to an event and actually get punished more than if you'd pick something where actually you've learned from those mistakes quicker, potentially. Does that, does that not just depend though on what the meta is at the time? Because, you know, if, if there's lots of trying to give a good example here, if there's, if the meta is, by the way, I'm using, I'm using meta here. Well done. Um, We're proud. If the meta is lots of high volume, low AP, single damage shots, and you take a T3 army to it and you don't know how to do your movement phase, you're going to get punished, aren't you? Yeah. But if you take that same army to a tournament and the meta is either combat armies that can't reach you in time or um, not very many high AP, high damage shots that are wasted into you, then you're not going to get punished. So does it, is that not just, is that not a moving feast? Not yes and really. Because yeah. there, are, there are some, and we'll go into this in a bit later on, I think. Yeah. Um, but there are there are some factions like Drakari, for example, where no matter what the meta is, and GSC are another one, where yeah. no matter what the meta is, if someone's got a Storm Bolter, they're picking up your troops. Like, it doesn't matter. Everyone almost has a Storm Bolter, unless you are like, you, you run into a sea of orcs, in which case even orcs have got the the volume of attack and stuff to punish you if you get your... I think that's what we're saying, but if your movement's wrong, like Drakari, if you move Drakari wrong, you can lose the game in a turn because they'll just pick up everything on the table. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas stuff, stuff like Simone was saying with Custodes, you can be a bit more robust with Custodes and just fall back on that T5, 3 up, 2 up, whatever it is, save. 2 up. 3, three wounds, sorry. T5, 3 mm. wounds, 2 up, 4 up, inbound sort of save. And yeah, you can, you can be a bit more forgiven, forgetting, you know, it's not a yeah. case of all of moving an inch out into the open here. You can see me with a Talonastra. You're picking up a whole unit of Incubi or something, which I, happens in the game. I get what you're time. saying. I get what you're saying, but in my mind, having not played Drakari and having not played with Custodes, I think I'd be just scared using an elite force as a new player like Custodes, because I haven't got very many models. If I make a mistake with that mm. unit, I haven't got another unit that I can write that wrong with. Yeah, th yeah, that's why I don't want to go in the specific just yet because we're going yeah, through. We've yeah, done it. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, I meant, think, what I I meant think, is, what I'm. I think it's worth go us on, before Matt. we go into that. I think it's worth us going back because we, we had five criteria, didn't we? And James started going through them. We do. I think it's worth going through the five criteria of what sort of we think makes a fairly good army for a beginner and for someone learning the game and progressing their <laughs> skill set. So, yeah, but this so, is your version. Just before you do, everyone else has said what they want to say. I want to say that I think new players pick up the coolest models. So I think that having fun models, a fun model range, fairly new model range probably, yeah. is actually also really important. 
So I yeah. was actually listening to a very good podcast this morning, the new episode from Stephen Jobs, Steve Jobs, um, yeah. 40K Champions. And yeah. uh, I can't remember who the guest was, Fistique from Tabletop Tactics. Uh, he said, for the first army, he would say, look at the troops and you need to love the models of the troops because you're going to paint a lot of them. Mm. Which is a nice suggestion, it's a very clever suggestion. Mm. So I would say in, in general, the rule of cool is rule number one to pick your army. Mm. However, to make a podcast with more content, we would like to also analyze the, the play style of each army. Mm. And that's why, in my opinion, I think we're going through the, and, the following yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things, as I said, it's considering like why are you collecting it like again trying to if you go out and buy i don't know iron hands at the moment because you've seen their win rate is really high by the time you've probably built painted and collected them they'll probably have been nerfed or not you never know but again trying to buy something purely based on a win rate is very dangerous um you've got to love the army that's the initial first thing you've got to do because otherwise you'll end up with necrons and you hate necrons and you sell them True story. Um, like I bought an army because I thought it was good, didn't enjoy it, and then got rid of it. So I think we're going to be looking at different aspects that can help you to think about what's right for you as an army. Because, again, there are very strong personal opinions about what makes a 40K army and what makes a good army um, from us. And I think just using the information will help you to sort of make a decision for you. Yes, mate. So, James, can you go through the five points that you collected for us? Thank um, you. So this was from Matt. Where did this come from, Matt? Is this your mind or from somewhere else? Mine, basically. So I think, as I was saying, like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, you know, rule of cool and stuff is great. But if you just go rule of cool, everyone can just pick a different army. And that's fine. But you're not really basing that on anything other than I think it's cool. So it's worth kind yeah. of coming back to a point where we have five criteria that we're looking at and these are the five criteria that I thought made a good balanced army for people to pick up and start playing with as, as their first yeah. if you're looking at it from an objective point of what does an army, what do I think an army should have, these were the five objectives that I would look for in an army and it was kind of, the idea was that we make a Venn diagram, which we've, we've done and then you sort of rank your armies as to how many of the areas of the Venn diagram they would sit in. And the more the more areas you sit in, the more I would expect that army to be balanced for a new player coming in to try and learn how it how, how the game works. You have to pick up an army and play with an army. That doesn't mean I think an army that fits all five is the best army for that person. And I would expect that person to go out later on and probably pick up a different army that didn't hit all five areas or something because they want to skew one way or another. That's not that's not what we're trying to say in this. Is, this isn't the best army ever. But I think what we're trying to say is, what I was approaching it from was, this is a good army for someone to start learning the game because this is where they can, they can really get the most out of this one army on these criteria. And then I'll so Matt, to skew later on. So Matt, for the benefit of the listener that they can't see the, the diagram, can you go through each point of what, yeah, roughly so, what it means? Yeah, so as James was saying earlier on, the first point we put was all phases, just just so that someone learns 
how all phases of the game work so that they understand the psychic phase they understand the combat phase especially because it can be incredibly tricksy the combat phase so i think anyone that sort of picks up tau and i've had this against new tau players they don't understand the, com- the combat phase so they end up getting trapped with sort of um consolidate pilings that sort of stuff so all phases is one of our first criteria you need you need to understand all phases um robust which you picked up there simone so it's not a case of your game can be over turn two turn three because you made a movement state because i don't think a new player will learn enough in those first two or three turns and they'll, they'll just get beaten in two or three turns it could be quite frustrating as they player in that um the second one was easy secondaries and by easy secondaries i meant secondaries that you haven't got to consider as a side aspect it's things that your army does whilst playing the game so an obvious example of the moment is codex warfare it's just kill stuff get points that for me is the secondary that if someone's looking for a, as a new player what second do i pick codex warfare lean into it all you've got to do is kill stuff you can you can learn the phases and still score points whilst doing that you haven't got to think about right i've got another secondary i need to do specific stuff for that secondary that's sidelined to be playing the game um just okay. to keep it simplified um we had what was it on simplified profiles um again just to help with learning where you haven't got an army of 30 units and 30 different profiles and you've got to keep going back to book and thinking is this gun strength five strength two strength three whatever just a set of profiles that are fairly standardized helps a new player again just that information overload um and then i also put down low model count just to and i suppose that's part of the hobby aspect where a new player doesn't want to come in and pick up sort of two to three hundred orcs unless they're alex and start painting a mob of boys like so any anything that's got a sensible model count or lower model count to let them get over that gateway into playing the game was was the other one. Yeah. So there are almost, five points. You didn't pick out the hobby, actually. What's that, sorry? But when I bought, as everyone does, you know, you buy 5,000 points, whether it's on eBay or in the in Games Workshop or in a third-party store. I bought far too many, sprayed them all black, and just looking at them almost kicked me back out of the hobby before I'd even started. So I, I totally get that. It's not also it's not only the the hobby side. It's also managing on the field so many models for the first time can be intimidating. What, what should I do? Where should I start? Uh, stuff like that, where you got less model, you you're more in control from a beginner point of view. But cool. So um, we are going to do these in alphabetical order, almost, um, except for Grey Knights <laughs> because I forgot grey knights um most people have um so it's almost alphabetical order i also forgot tau ironically um and tyranids but i don't like tyranids um so there um so we're going to start with uh, adeptus mechanicus or admech who um are a quite a strange army um i think current because of you know, multiple nerfs and unnerfs and everything else that occurred to them, they've ended up pigeonholed into an army that is very intimidating to a newer player, mostly because you look at the Rangers, you look at the um, Vanguard, I think they're called, the basic troop models, 
as Katari Vanguard, they are intimidating to paint. In the most the card, of the range. Yeah. The codex Sorry. is intimidating. I tried to yeah. read it once. It's, and then I'd realized I need a PhD to understand yeah. it. And therefore I just drop it. Uh, but the, 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 with, and for, with this one, I mean the level of buff and lit. That was, that was every single vowel <laughs> and syllable <laughs> in every language. I was going through my selection and picked the one I liked. So <laughs> it was stuff. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they are. I was, saying, I was saying that the level of of buff, the layers on top of mm. each other, etc., is quite a lot. Intimidating is one yeah. of the longest command phase that mm-hmm. you can find in a codex. With, with everything laying over everything, but some things not as well. Um, I remember when they first came out, me and Matt played a game, and 90% of the game was spent trying to work out what Admech did as opposed to playing the game. So no, no, it was more they what do, didn't do. Uh, that was That's true. Um, at the time, it was a bit silly. So they don't quite act in all the phases because they don't do psychic, but they almost do. In terms of learning the command phase, they're probably one of the best armies after you've had an aneurysm to learn the command phase in. They're definitely, the way that they're played, they're not low model count because you need to paint somewhere in the realm of about 40 to 80 to 120 troop models. Yeah, um, so they're not in that section. They're not robust. Uh, they tend to die quite quickly because they've lost their army of renown that I think helped give them a few buffs. They're not a simplified profile and their Definitely. secondaries are not particularly easy. So realistically, the only thing they fall into is sort of the almost all phase category. Um, and I put them there only because of the fact of the command phase learning you can do. Simone. Yeah, they don't have psychic phase, is it? No, no. That's so uh, uh, it balance it up. Yeah, and that's why I say they sort of fit in that. Or if you want to learn the phases, because morale yeah. is one that is often always forgotten as well, um, because that's a really important phase um, where a game state can change quite suddenly. Um, they at least do that one. Psychic is not. So I feel that's sort of where they're sitting. Anyone got yeah, any other thoughts on that? No. Yeah, they're not a beginner army, in my opinion, at all. No, no, the model, no. The models look amazing. The steampunk <laughs> look is very cool. If you want... Uh, yeah. If you want a cool I painting wouldn't suggest, yeah, I wouldn't suggest them for a, to a beginner, for sure. So, we then have Adeptus Soriatus, or Sisters of Battle. Um, where would you put them, Simone? Because you are our resident Sister of Battle they, person. They are amazing. They do nothing better. <laughs> That's from not a, a criteria. <laughs> <laughs> the mother range is the best that you can find for sure. Um, they are not a first, uh, a first army, in my opinion, for sure, because they are very fragile. So T3, one wound, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they are not fast like Eldar, for example. So you can't hide that much. So the movement phase is quite difficult. Uh, the Miracle Dice mechanic is nice. It's not I'm not sure if it does. I, no, but I don't think it helps a beginner no. because you can get anxious when to use your Miracle Dice and when, when not. So, but, but overall, that, that that's not the biggest problem. No. It 
kind of play most phases except the psychic phase. Mm-hmm. Um, easy secondary used to have very easy secondaries. Now they are medium easy secondaries. And a simplified profile, yes. They are no low count model. So my army at the moment has got oh, average. I always have something in the range of 80, 90 models. So, so they are not a low count, a low model count army for sure. I think the biggest issue is they are too fragile for the beginners and too slow. They are a counter punch army. Yeah. Well, a caveat, just because I realized I didn't mention it at the beginning. One of the things that we're looking at for a good army is to sort of hit four out of the five, um, potentially. So if they are doing most of them, it can you can sort of look at it as a starting point there. Um, we then have Adeptus Astartes, who were, up until very recently, a low model count army, and now they're a horde army. Um, by horde, I mean you bring a million models now. Um, and they all die really quickly, <laughs> unless they're death work. Um, so they do actual all phases. They don't really do psychic massively, but it is there. Um, they are not robust. I was, uh, at, at our last uh, THM event, I played against uh, Ryan on his Harlequins, and about four times across the game, he went, they just die. Uh, I, 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 and he was really surprised. Um, and part of that is because of the level of AP in the game, particularly with the current meta. Okay. I would say Marines are fairly robust. I would say yeah. you can't put bolters into a, a marine squad and pick up a, a marine squad mm-hmm. in the same way you can put bolters into like you know, even sisters. Like they got a three up save yeah. line, but yeah, you know, if you've got AP yeah. one, they're only open. They're T three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree with James. To be honest, I I I don't see that they're robust with the amount of mortar wounds that are flying around at the moment. I, I think it depends on our sort of metric, what we're comparing to. Against Drakari, yes. Um, against, you know, Imperial Knights, against um, blooming Crisis Suits, Tau in general, Death Guard, uh, Thousand Suns, uh, Deathwing in yeah. particular. There's a lot more armies that are, on average, more durable. Custodes, for example, are quite durable. Um, yeah, but... You you pick the natural predator of Space Marine, like the Harlequins, because they got high um, and also volume of more. No, you, you kind of pick the there that are built to be durable. They're like their whole shtick. Deathwing's whole shtick is, yeah. it is durable. That doesn't mm. mean that Marines, like you know, like like look at like a Ravenwing landspeeder main versus a four up inbow at range. Like that's not that's not a soft profile. Redemptors. No. They, they fall over if you hit them like a, you know, something like a railgun or something, or, you know, Votan. Mm. They're, still, they're still fairly durable. Yeah. They're not, they're not I think, pushovers. I think they are, the, they are the perfect average, the benchmark for everything. They are the, you know, great, uh, what, what's the, 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 the expression? Great and everything, master of, master of known, something like that. Jack of all yeah. yeah. So they are kind of the benchmark, and for that reason, they're they're robust, but not too robust. I, they they yeah. they got good output of damage, but not great. 
Again, we're going to come on to specific supplement factions that have a ninth edition supplement. So, for example, Ravenwing don't count for generic Adeptus Astartes. Um, again, ones that haven't had an update for ninth edition, Imperial Fists, uh, Iron Hands, and Ultramarines, people like that, um, who don't have access to Ravenwing nonsense. Um it's sort of, I think they are, I think they're less durable than people expect. I think, again, it depends on the environment you're playing in. Like, if you're playing at a competitive event, don't expect them to, you know, stand out in the open and be okay. Um, is, it, but, that's more where I'm thinking about the robust as an aspect. Yeah, but, yeah. But overall, <laughs> they're more robust hmm. than, than many others. So they're the average. And, Obi wise, they're very easy to paint, so they're uh, very especially accessible. Especially the Primaris, yeah, yeah. The 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 uh, again, we'll come on to them as a specific, but some of the supplemental factions like Space Wolves, where the firstborn units have like a million freaking trinkets ha hanging off them, are not. <laughs> but yeah, the Primaris units are a dream to paint. I have to admit, I yeah. love going back so to I think painting them. They are one of the best. Uh, first army in my opinion they're very uh, an easy gate to go through and get the collect your first army and um, they got a decent amount of model count they're an elite army so they're not horde but they're not even too low in model count so i think they're perfect for a starter i mean I everyone should have everyone should have a space marines army exactly shouldn't they really of some kind I, yeah in a non-competitive army building if you're sort of taking a fairly balanced army they do have a much lower model count my current space wolf army has a lot of models that's because <laughs> you've, you've got a problem james i have a problem um this is well documented um but yeah they are you know mostly particularly because that's how they're marketed by gw they are the intro faction i think the only downside of the easy to paint is their they can get a bit boring to paint yeah. yeah, because they're all the same. So it might feel like a chore. I did have mm -hmm. that one with my sister too. When I, mm -hmm. I mean, Zephyrin and with the jump pack lady with the troop, or they're all yeah. kind of the same. So it did mm -hmm. feel like a chore after a certain point. And Marine can be even more. So yeah. other than that, the, if, I mean, primer. If I, if I had a new player starting a Marine army now, I would say to them, don't look at a chapter. Don't don't worry about Blood Angels, Space Wolves, Dark Angels, whatever. I would just say paint a, a theme that you think is cool. Like, have yeah. a successor chapter, paint what you think is cool, play a bit of everything and do it that way. Yeah. Because you can build a, build a custom chapter just, from the Space Marine Codex. Yeah, just yeah. build... Paint it how you want. It doesn't even got to be a space marine custom. Mm. It can be like a dark no. custom or something custom. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't get them to stress too much. I'd, I'd again going back to no. really cool and paint what you want. Most mm. people are happy if you, like, you know, like we said, um, Baz who runs the, the Kent War Games GT stuff has um, his blue and white marines, or and you know he runs them with iron hands and white scars. Stuff. Mm. Absolutely fine. No, no yeah. one has an issue with that. I, I, so that that is where I would say. Yeah, there's a great most of that is custom chapter in the beginning. Yeah, what you want. people mostly had a problem with it as a legacy thing. 
when people would turn up and be, oh, these 10 guys are Iron Hands and these 10 other blue guys are Blood Angels this week. Yeah. Um, in sort of older editions. Whereas now where it's like, okay, cool, you're running like three different factions where your army's going to suck because of ninth edition rules for Battleforge. Uh, people have sort of let that go as, as a whole. Yeah, but Matt's suggestion is good, as in because for example, oh, yeah, yeah. my very first army was Blood Angels, mm. and uh, I was kind of stuck with them. I loved them, so mm. it was good. I was lucky enough that the playstyle matched exactly what I wanted yeah. to do. Um, but then it would be more difficult to justify them as a Iron Hands mm. if they are all red. Yeah. yeah, I mean, mine, mine are in Horus Heresy colors because I, I'm not a big fan of the Space Wolf Grey, so I could technically run, aside from, obviously, the specific Space Wolf units, I could run mine as whatever. And again, there was part of my mind that probably decided that. But I think, yeah, paint what you want it, for any army. I have to say, actually, I've I've been <clears throat> not against Space Marines in as I've come back into it, but I never played them as a kid, and so... It's taken me a bit of a while, but reading the 30k law, um, and I'm into the third book now, has made me enjoy Astartes so much. Um, so I, I am actually looking forward to the, to getting into doing an Astartes army at some point. Nice. So the next one uh, is, uh, I, I, I'm not a fan, um, is Astra Militarum. Um, is that what you wanted us to do, James? No, I was trying to avoid that. Um, I, well, they're I, not robust. We're definitely not robust. But they well, are. Because they've got tanks. But Lima it, it, it's it's yeah. a weird one. Yeah. Um, and also, you've got Transhuman on T3 Guardsmen. Yay. Um, <laughs> but I, it, it depends on how you... And this is one where, actually, I think in terms of not necessarily the competitive side of things, but in terms of actual army building, they have a lot of flexibility. You can run effectively 12 Lehman Russ, if you like. And yeah, I mean, that's probably 50 points, but you can run an all tank army with the new detachments and everything else. So, or you can run a load of guard, or you can run something like 18 Sentinels. There's a lot of flexibility of types of units. Um, However, on the whole, if you're building a balanced army, it is not a low model count army. Um, it's again, the tanks don't have invulns, so they are. I mean, they're now toughness eight. They're pretty robust. They're hard. You know, the new Rogel Dawn with its T nine. They are not easy to kill because they have a two up save. So you need AP um, armor penetration. You, they're not. Um, they do act in all phases. They they run away really well. Um, their secondaries, from what I understand, are there's a couple that are very straightforward and easy to do. Um, very easy. Yeah. Their profiles, their profiles, not so much. I would say with all the orders and everything else. Again, quite a lot of command phase stuff going on. Yeah, I don't think they are. Um beginner around me, even mm. though they can attract a lot of beginners because mm. of the look of the models. Yeah. My opinion. Three, three of the areas on that. I'd say they fall into all phase, easy secondaries. Mm -hmm. and I, yeah. Either robust or simplified profile, because they are 
a relatively simple profile. It's either you've got a T8, mm. two, uh, two up, say, what is it, 13, no, whatever wound tank, or you've got a T3 yeah. non wound guardsman model. That's generally yeah. what your army's going to consist of with two profiles. You might get some yeah, and, and you might get some rough riders, but generally it's T3, five or four up save, or T8 tank, or a T9 tank. But then They're it's not... robust because it's a tank company. It's also a low model count. Yeah. I think there, okay. are, there are a lot of builds because even the, 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 the T3... They're not robust as a model per se, but you got 20 in one unit. Up to, So, yeah. you know, so, yeah, they're not robust. They die easily, but you got so many that they still stick around. Yeah. So, I, you look, yeah. I, I wouldn't, if someone said to me for the first time they wanted to collect guard, I wouldn't immediately say no to them. I would, I would say no, that. I would. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't hesitate. If someone said to me they wanted to collect guard, yeah. I think guard are okay. Uh, I not... think they're everything other than they're everything other than all phase, or that you can make them everything other than all phase. Yeah, they do have psychic. They do do all the phases. It's not a massive thing. Um, and again, they uh, when we're looking at all phase, they do the majority. You can put um, Balgrin in for quite like a command phase is huge. And rough riders yeah. are in there. You've got rough riders in Balgrin. Yeah. And sentinels now. Sentinels. Yeah. Have a... sentinels. Yeah, but the, I think the point is the point is that. You, you can make all these builds, but they're never going to be all of those things at the same time. Have you seen? It would be really. Them? It would be super balanced, but it, mm. you know, it must be really tough. To, and we haven't got any guard players here, so it's difficult to say. But yeah, it just it seems to me that you can't. They can be all of them, and that's really cool. Mm. And actually, that is a potentially a fun way in as a beginner. Yeah, but you can't. I don't think you can have all the things all the time. And I'm sure uh, Roger and Mark and anyone else that's listening will, will let us know when they hear this. But that's my that's my feeling. Yeah. I mean, Marco's looking at 30, 30 rough riders, isn't he? Isn't rough he? riders. He's yeah. going off on that. So, Were they going to score secondaries easily? That'd be scary if they hit you, though. Uh, yeah, it depends. again, it depends on what they face, but... Not because uh, most of their secondaries and don't work in all phases. No, um, but yeah. So we, uh, again, they're hitting three of them like, on average, yeah, depending on the three they, or four. Yeah, I would say they hit three or four. I, I wouldn't say no if someone said to me on a click guard their first time. No. I wouldn't. Immediately what if someone said Catachat jungle fighters? Go for it. Live the old school. <laughs> you're not. You're not texting after me. Especially Imperial guard at that point, mate. And, I, Good on you. I, I do actually wish, though, that that God wasn't now just Cadia. I, I do wish that it was that old school. They, they do. I know you can buy some of the models still, but like the Valhallen, you know, the Ice Regiment. Yeah. They, uh, the Desert again, guys as well. That'd be awesome. It could be signs of a future to come um, where they have basically made it so that the um, sort of sub-factions are choices in terms of how you build your um uh sort of uh, successor chapter effectively there are nods to like cadia and things like that within the book um but whether that's a sign of things to come don't know we then keyword have isn't a Crawford... really proper keyword is it it's just a regiment you have the regiment no. keyword and it's always regiment mm. it's not yeah it, it doesn't change it doesn't get yeah. changed which is which is cool no. 
So, um, only because of time, we're gonna we're gonna have to slightly speed up um, in terms yeah, we, of we have not thought things. this through, not at all. So <laughs> we then have Craft World Elder. So I'm gonna sort of put put them where oh, I yes. think where they would go, and then sort of people can sort of agree and disagree. Again, you can build them in multiple different ways. Um, they're generally not robust, uh, although they have a lot of different uh, units that are um, wraiths and things like that. The tanks, particularly the wave serpent, very robust. They are a very cool-looking army, um, and a lot of the models are amazing. Unfortunately, there's quite a few that are far, fine cast. Um, they are definitely an all-phase army. If you want to learn all the phases, Craftworld Elder Yunari will teach you all the phases um, to a level that allows you to really understand it for any other army. Their secondaries are average at best, um, but if you build for them, they're quite easy to do. Um, the profiles are not simplified, though, particularly with the way in which the codex is built. Uh, for You've got all the different aspect warriors. You've got a lot of different units that have very different roles. Um, so they sort of sit within all phase and easy secondaries. Low model count is a bit tricky, depending on the build. Right. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't suggest them, to be honest, to a beginner, but I'm becoming the black sheep of no, I wouldn't. Because they tend to be very fragile, and um, and also yes, they move, they, they they play in every phases, but they break most of the basic rules. Yeah. So, for example, I shoot and then I move, uh, I fight and then I move, I do this yeah. and then I move. So they kind of break <clears throat> a lot of rules, a bit like Harlequins, for example. Yeah. So Harlequins. You can full back and charge. You can full back and choose. You can move over models. You can do this. You can do that. Even though, so, don't care about the rules. Yeah. So, as a beginner, I don't think is great. Harlequins were basically going to lump straight in with Craft World Elder and Yunari. They're going yeah, to effectively now a sub Craft World. Um, I will later advocate for Craft World Elder, but for a very specific reason as to why you should collect them as a first army, other than the models are awesome but we'll come think... to that we then have okay oh, sorry i don't really gonna make so important to me so i'll wait as well but i do want to say something about eldar later yeah oh, that's cool um i mean make it now because otherwise i'll forget i just think part of the part of the thing about things like eldar and mm. orcs and space marines and chaos i'm sure and tyranids they're og like if you go back yeah. to what everyone was collecting as kids mm. There's a romanticism about them. And for that reason, a lot of people will pick them up, either that are coming back into the hobby for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, or, fair enough. That because they because that's just what they've always dreamt of of doing. Oh, that yes. showing us a third, third edition. fourth edition book. Third, yeah. yeah, fair enough. But as a play style, I think they're not very forgiving for a new... Uh, there is a lot to take in before actually enjoying the game. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I just think you're going to struggle stopping people picking up Elder. Oh, yeah. I think so, as, as a caveat, as we said at the beginning, rule of cool, in my opinion, is number one. Is uh, trumps, but yeah. from, a play, from a play style gameplay, I wouldn't suggest them as a first army. No, that's fine. So in terms of, and again, I said we'll mostly stick to alphabetical order, but I'm jumping all over that now because I've noticed the time. And, you know, <laughs> try not to be here by 
2024. So we've then got the rest of the ninth edition supplement chapters um, for uh, Space Marines. You've got Black Templars, Blood Angels, Space Wolves, Dark Angels, Death Watch. Don't think I missed any. I would just lump them all in. Who are? That's yeah. I mean, again, it come there. There are slight idiosyncrasies. Space Wolves, their secondaries are awful, so it's not as always easy. Um, there are a few eccentricities, but overall, there's a lot of similarities with the core Adeptus Astartes. Uh, we then have Chaos Demons, who they definitely act in almost all phases. They don't really do shooting, but I mean, aside from Flamers, um, they don't, unless you build for it, have a low model count. They are robust as hell and they're a pain in the ass. Um, they have easy secondaries and their profiles are pretty straightforward you get to forget about what AP is. It's probably the only thing that's a negative as a learning experience. And the models look epic. So I, I would advocate for demons as a starter on. I would agree. I, I, I love demons. I love demons. I was thinking what I wanted to say. I think demons are fucking brilliant. And I didn't, they they weren't something that I was expecting to enjoy when I when I got back into the hobby. I think they're really cool. I think there's a flavour for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Again, the other big advantage is you basically have two game system armies in one because you can play Age of Sigmar. Yeah, that's true. Um, you then, we I'm going to lump them together. We have Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights. Um, they are a real 40k army, Alex. They have a codex. Um, I don't recognise it. <laughs> it, 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 it. Again, you might be similar to sort of uh, a separatist state. That's fine. North Korea doesn't recognise South Korea. Um, but <laughs> they are, um, in terms of rule of call, if you look at the models that people make, um, they are very cool. However, for a starter person, they're very good as a, painting project because they're big so there's a lot of space it's not trying to paint a drakari witch which is a headache i think um, it's much worse i think it's more difficult because to get a plate uh smooth is much mm. more difficult as a beginner you're gonna have a lot of brush sign on it yeah, and, I suppose. Uh, unless Unless you got airbrush, or you know, yeah, if you have access to an airbrush, your job done. And, um, and also, if you don't know how to magnetize, and most beginners don't don't, don't, don't even no. think about it. Mm. You but are in the advent, yeah, in the advent of the internet, <laughs> learning about magnetizing is so much easier than fifteen years yes. ago. Um, yeah. So, I think if you were to start with Chaos Knights or Imperial Knights, I wouldn't recommend them as a first army because it's a very different style. However, um, for learning about modeling, posing, um, customizability, they're an army for hobbying that I think is much better, um, if that is something that excites you. Um, Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights play very differently, um, which is a big departure from previous editions where they were very similar. Um, they also have the coolest Forge World models, most of them are garbage, but they look good. Um, yeah. They are <laughs> robust, sort of. Um, Chaos Knights do act in all the phases. They do it very well. 
except for morale because they're one model units they can't fail it but they can cause other armies they are very low model count they have a simplified pro profile they have easy secondaries chaos knights technically hit all the boxes <laughs> <laughs> um also you then have a horus heresy army so again two systems one army again they do play every phase but very different from all other armies yeah. because of the very low model count so mm -hmm. like the piling etc you can't really wrap anything and stuff right there mm -hmm. so because of the uniqueness it makes mm -hmm. them not a beginner army they, uh, they are very much a skew i would recommend them if someone was interested as like their second or third mm -hmm. army if someone wants to collect knights collect something else first whether you collect say chaos demons and then you get chaos knights because you can bring them along like friends or same thing for space marines or custodes or whichever imperium army plus imperial knights um i realized i've yeah. got another one on my little uh, lovely canva design for this no votan because fuck them. what's that um, <laughs> we then have chaos space marines they basically fall under the same remit as space marines Probably they are agree, yeah. relatively robust. Yeah. Their secondaries are easy if they're garbage. You know, the simplified profiles are even more so for Chaos Space Marines, where they went accursed weapon. Every weapon you have is the same profile. Yeah. Um, made that a lot That's easier. Great. They're much lower model count. Um, we then have Custodes. Um, they almost act in all the phases except for. Um, psychic and morale because because they're such a low model count army and they have such a high leadership it's almost impossible to make them run away unless there's an army such as demons doing insane debuffs um and i don't even think you can stack it high enough to cause them to fail morale well they're just unless dead they're, yeah exactly um they are potentially quite a good starter army for the reasons that they're very robust their secondaries are relatively easy there's very few profiles because you've got 12 models on the board um so i think they are potentially quite a good starter army there's a lot of gold trim though isn't it no you just you spray them with gold you wash them <laughs> with uh agrath Irkshade, and then you paint other bits done exactly don't don't, and, don't tell Elliot. And it's super cheap, uh, but that is actually probably, from a cost perspective, the way of getting a, an army. You are you are correct, more correct now than you would have been in 8th edition. Their 8th edition yeah. variant was really expensive because you basically had to buy the whole of Forge World. Uh, right. 9th edition, yeah. bikes got really good. The normal guard got really good. Trajan is just bonkers. So there's a bit more viability for a non forward world army um so they are now actually quite a cheap army to buy you are correct uh we then have death guard uh relatively similar to custodes in most regards um their secondaries are straightforward they act in all the phases they are a low model count most of the profiles are the same and they have mortarian who's cool yeah yeah um Hey, the, the middle's looking quite congested now. Yeah. The middle will, it will end up. We're, we've got a few armies that will buck that trend. Drakari. Um, technically, they act in all the phases because of the release of Voidscar. Um, 
but they do not have a low model count. However, ironically, they are as easy to move at the beginning of the game as most armies because everything's in a blooming transport. Um, their secondaries are pretty easy. Their profiles are slightly more varied, um, but they are not robust. I would not recommend them as a starter army um, generally, unless, again, ruler call. They, the model range is awesome, but they are harder to navigate than Craft Lord Elder in terms of tabletop play. Um, Emperor's Children, very similar to Cal Space Marines. Would you agree, uh, Alex? I mean, they're easy second. They haven't got easy secondaries, but they no. do all the other things really well. Okay. They are really robust, particularly through the psychic phase. They do act in all the phases, including the psychic phase. Um, really low model count. Um, I mean, they, they run it like three or four squads of infantry, but it's still a low model count because they were expensive for Astartes and they got even more expensive. And yeah. uh, it's a simple profile. So uh, they're, yeah, they're right in there apart from secondaries. Um, Gene Sealer Cult, no. Just no. If, if it's your first army, just no. Um, unless <laughs> Ruler Call. Um, it's an insanely high model count. Um, the models are awesome. They do act in all the phases. They are not robust. Their secondaries, though, are quite easy. Um, but the profiles are not simple. It, there's a lot of, much like Admech, there's a lot of, I've got to do this to trigger this, to make sure this lines up with this, and this overlaps with this. It, it's very complex as a army play style. They're not forgiving at all. They die easily. They, they, run away. Yeah. they run away. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to plan like the the cult one, whatever it is, where you've got to be in deployment zone, middle, opponent's edge. You can't that that's not just that doesn't just happen. That that's player skill to, to make sure that you're there yeah. for three turns to get the five points. They, yeah, sorry. And same as behind enemy lines, like yes, they score behind enemy lines score. very well. Yeah. But again, you have to kind of do a little bit of planning on that. You can't. It's, it's not just like Codex Warfare is my example, where you just play the game and score Codex Warfare. Yeah. I, I think I think GSC. The only one I'd put it in is all phases for me. Yeah. And I would not recommend them to anyone. Once player. you know what you're doing, they're easy. Yeah. They're not easy for a first-time player. Um, <clears throat> we then have Grey Knights. Um, Grey Knights are very similar to Space Marines. Um, they function very similarly. Their biggest boon over Space Marines is actually learning the psychic phase. Yeah, and and I think they're a little bit more skewed in the combat than the shooting. Mm. Um, yeah, they can be. Yeah, I, I think that is the experience that I had. Mm. Um, but obviously, they're super easy. Yeah, and um, they um, they are okay as a first army, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, we then have Necrons, who I've straight away... I'm clicking on the wrong screen as so though it's going to do something. Um, we then have Necrons, who are not in a great place, but they are quite a good learning army. They have relatively simplified profiles, easy secondaries. They can be quite robust if you're good at rolling fives. 
Um, they can be built to be a low model count. Most of the way they're currently running the meta is very low model count. They're not run as their silver tide. Um, if you don't mind going slightly insane, they're very easy to paint because you get 80 warriors, you get some lead belcher and you get three liters of known oil. Um, well, and you basically have a painted army. I never built them, so I don't know, but weren't they difficult to build or there was the old model? The old model is more difficult to build because of the weird plastic tube. The new models are relatively easy to build, except for the flayed okay. ones. You will... It, I, 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 Elliot built 25 of them. I don't know how he's still sane and not committed. I built five, and I vow to never build any ever, ever, ever again. Yeah. Um, okay. It's an overly <laughs> complex kit for no apparent reason. You know when you get a GW sprue and you look at it and you go, cool, I connect that bit to that bit. Why is that bit and that bit not already joined together? Got There's it. no other option. I can't, I can't stick this bit to that bit and it makes sense. Why are they not already okay. attached? Um, okay. That's that kit taken to a whole nother level. They've got their claws and they're like segmented into like three parts. And it's like, <laughs> why? Um, <laughs> Hawks, Alex. Ah, the main event. Moving on. Um, clear, clear the rest of the Venn diagram. You need all of the space for the orcs. Um, <laughs> seriously, I mean, clearly they act in all phases, right? They've got very good psychic phase, can shoot, do melee, charge, fight phase. Haven't talked about the charge phase yet, but now we are. Um, Thanks to orcs. They are robust. T5, war, that, that makes them pretty forgiving, to be honest. They have got extremely easy secondaries, probably the easiest secondary in the game at the moment, or at least right up there with them, with Get the Good Bits. Um, simplified profile, I still don't understand, so I'll let someone else talk about that. And low model count, at the moment, Goff pressure dictates that it's, I mean, it's it's probably 20 Gretchen and 30 boys, but it's then, it's then big stuff, it's then cavalry, kill rigs. Um, but no, they haven't got a low model count. No, no. They're using Storm Boys, they're using other things. So you probably need to paint, even if you're using a big thing, 60, 70 models to have a 2,000 point army. So in terms of simplified profile, um, Orcs are pretty straightforward. You don't have 1,200 things to do in the command phase. Yeah, there's not many overlaps, sure. Is like um, one wound, T5, five up save, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Storm Boys are the same commandos. Six up save, five up in vulnerable save during war. <laughs> and then, yeah, Squig Hogs are sort of, yeah, T6, three wounds. But yeah, that is the same thing. Like, like, yeah, you, got, you haven't got to think yeah. about, like James was saying with um, Aspect Warriors, where you've got Scorpions are different to Banshees, are different to other stuff, like... Um, Warriors like, and fire dragons, yeah, fire dragons, yeah. It's, it's, and randomly you know, one will be T4 and Eldar infantry and go, That's the profile. You look at an orc infantry yeah. and go, Probably the profile, unless it's in mega armor or something, mm. or it's a knob, but yeah, sure. So, yeah, they're, they're everything for me at the moment, other than low model count, and certainly mm. from a rule of call, certainly from kind of being OG, I, I think they're. A great starter army. I would yeah. not hesitate again to uh, say someone that's to collect orcs as a first army. I would not hesitate no. to say, yeah, that's a cool army to start with. 
Hobby-wise, they're very forgiving as well. Yeah. yeah. If you make a mistake with your painting job, still fine. Still yeah, um, it's a, it's meant to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyranids. I, uh, uh, if we ignore the competitive nerfs, I would recommend that Tyranids are actually a very good starter army. Um, because they act in all phase and currently they do Definitely. all phases better than everyone else. You can build them quite easily as a fairly low model count. Um, most of yeah. the sort of meta event lists are very low, but you can add in a bit of differential. You, they're fairly robust. Quite a few of their models are T8 with a two-up save, like why? Um, their secondaries is probably the only bit currently where they struggle quite heavily. Um, their secondaries are garbage. I've got some pro profiles, though, and it's every... No, that was the bit I was coming on to. A different thing. Mm. Like a hive current is different to a, a toxicry, a toxicry is different to a... a yeah. Yeah, they're all different. And that's one of the things we're going to come on to where actually it's, it's, um, how do you want to learn? Do you want to learn slowly or do you want to learn through a baptism of fire? And I think it comes down. I think that's going to be the differential of actually, um, because for me, I learned, I, I started with Eldar and then I moved on to Space Wolves because they looked cool. And then I spent forever playing against Deathwing. And ironically, like, I learned Space Wolves quite well. But playing against Deathwing repeatedly, other than making me want to cry, did I, it left me a little bit stagnant in sort of a bit of my wide learning. I, You know, I was very lucky I had Matt that would play me on TTS because COVID lockdown had happened. Um, but it did mean that, uh, a few bits I was a bit behind on because, you know, you kill nine out of the 10 Deathwing and apparently they still don't run away. Um, and all those little bits, like for me, was a bit odd. So I think it's depends on how you want to learn for me. Um, so I'm going to put Nids there as a sort of a bullet point. We then yep. have Tau. One. They're not a good starter army. End of. Well, <laughs> Let's go through it. So, do they go in all phases? Obviously no. not. Are they robust? Um, yes. Yeah. You will learn the shooting phase and the movement phase really well. They are two things you will learn. Um, they are, particularly where they've been point-costed through the roof, um, they are relatively low model count. Their secondaries are, as described on the... Art of War Down Under podcast today. They are win more secondaries. If you're already winning, they're really easy to score. If you're not, they're quite hard. Um, their profiles, there's a lot of different gun profiles. Um, there is not... There's not a particularly simplified profile either because uh, you've got crew carnivores who have got a different save to the rest of the troop. Um, you've then got crisis suits, riptides, hammerheads, um who are all completely different profiles so they're not really uh simplified in that sense i would agree but they are and they got drawn and they've got drawn drones their players are always looking back at their codex well mm. even <laughs> even just like the troops like breaches fire warriors and pathfinders they're all different mm. mm-hmm. and, and also just rolling saves 
Dwarol a save. Does it go on the draw? No, it doesn't go on the draw. Mm-hmm. This one is dead. Now I yeah. don't have him vulnerable anymore. And now it's like yeah. this. The... Oh, wow. Okay. And then the marker light phase. Its own special phase. <laughs> that some models do at the beginning, some models do at the end, for reasons. Um, we're nearly there, people. We're really no, I'd sorry. say they're into two um, for me. The low model count you can do, and you can do. They are robust with the four up involved riptides and yeah. crashes. But yeah, I, I, you know, I wouldn't recommend them for a star arm people, no. unless they want to go the guns and riptides. Um, yeah. We then have thousand suns, which are apologies, people. Basically, chaos versions of grey knights. Yeah, I, I would have just lumped power armor together because they all play yeah, the same no, that's sort fair. of thing. I wouldn't have, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about the sub-faction, I think. Oh, that's fair. Um, World Eaters, again, they're very new, so people don't know as well. Um, they're not great for all phase learning because you just run at people and hit them with swords, which is fine. They are as bad, having played them and watched them, the, the, the opposite end of the scale was Tau. Mm. You're literally doing one thing. I played Tommy at the weekend, and it was... Literally no command phase, movement phase, tick, run forwards, um, no psychic phase, no shooting phase, charge and fight. So they are pretty pretty lame. They're well dimensional. So, to summarize, from our diagram, and then I would say each one of us say one army, which one is the best first army for a player. So from our diagram is I can't read our diagram. I'm going to I'm going to put it on the screen as a separate thing. So uh, the ones that we've sort of drilled down on are potentially Space Marines, Guard, Demons, Custodes, Death Guard, Necrons, Grey Knights, Orcs, Nids and Thousand Suns. These one are the one that meets all our criteria. Almost These are the ones that meet enough of the criteria. We sort of said four or more will help okay. a player. Right. So, mm. name one army, starting from Matt. What's the best first faction army? I've, I've got to go Astartes. I have to say Astartes. Just because Alex. They, you, you can go in so many different directions of Astartes. Um, they are fairly durable if you build them. Right, they they react to cover very well. Going from a three up to a two up save by touching cover is a big boost. They can be quite robust, and you have to learn about how cover interacts to get the most out of them. You you've got psychic. You can go down a psychic route. You can go down a melee route. You can go down a shoot. You can, as you said earlier on, they're a master, a jack of all trades, master of none. But if you go for a custom chapter, you can lean into iron hands and become master of shooting phase. You can lean into white spells or blood angels and become a master of the assault phase. If you've got a custom marine chapter, I don't think there's an aspect of the game you wouldn't understand and you couldn't then specialise in later on if you chose to go that route. So, I mean, I think Astartes, so you said, everyone so you should said have an Astartes that, And that, that, that's the boring pick. So you said... Yeah, go on. Yeah, you, so you say Astartes, I would say Astartes. then I come back to you, I, then I'd like to come back to you. And then, Alex, what would you say is the best first army? Well, I, I, I think to a great extent Matt's right, but it would be boring if we just said the same thing, right? And I, <laughs> and I don't even think that 
saying Chaos Space Marines is different enough. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I th- I think the answer might be Tyranids. Nice. James? Um, for the first time ever, I'm going to agree with Alex. Um, yes! Based on I mean, his no, list, that's really bad, because we both is. said Tyranids and neither of us um, I'm going to say Tyranids or Grey Knights. Uh, Grey Knights slash Thousand Suns, purely for the the wider scope on the psychic phase, because again, that's one that people don't see as much <laughs> otherwise. Um, so yeah, they're, they're sort of my main ones. I wanted to say Grey Knights as well. Oh, I'm sorry. So, for, the, for the same reason. So Matt, you say Astartes. What was your first army? Astartes. Very first one. Uh, well, actually, Alex, no, what was my your... very first army was Fantasy Orcs, but in, in, in 40k, it was um, Astartes. And for you, Alex, what was your first it, army? It was, of course, Orcs, and um, <laughs> uh, and I love them. And they're a good answer too, but I, I, I think that Tyranids are, are doing all of it better. I also think James made a good point about demons, and I, I thought you were going to say demons, yeah. James. The thing for me, the reason I didn't choose demons was because you'll be really pissed off when you play as anything else um, and suddenly you're like, <laughs> what do you mean I don't get a save? Um, another army I realised we didn't talk about is Votan, and that's not because I hate them. Um, <laughs> it's because I forgot them. Um, but again, they're... they're they don't really do all the phases. They don't really do combat unless you very specifically build for them. Um, they are a low model count army. They have one very boring playstyle. Um, what was your first army, James? My first army is Craftworld Elder. So I feel, I, I feel like I've done Votan a disservice and I don't want to do that. Because um, <laughs> I feel that's unfair to people that are listening. He does one thing. He doesn't really do psychic. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, it's like it's like them bringing the tech marine. Basically, he's going to follow the big tank, the Hecaton Land Fortress around. They're, they might as well be the same model. Um, they do shooting very well, and again, for the movement phase to learn the shooting phase, really good. Um, they're quite low model count. The secondaries are not great. Um, I can hear myself. Right, in the meantime, I'll pick it up. What was your favourite, Simone? I think you've answered that already. What was your favourite? Uh, so your my, first, sorry, your first my, one. My first one, I would say the Grey Knight, to be honest. and um, Or Astartes. Uh, but probably Grey Knight would be a nice pick because it, they do play the... They're very easy uh, for from a hobby site. Very easy from a hobby site. They've got old models, right? Yeah, but they they're very a... easy to paint. Mm. They're very easy to build, and uh, they are good gateway to the to the hobby from that side. They I... did have a slight range refresh. Yeah. Um... However, the the model range is quite small. So... Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to say Art Astartes. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, that's bad. My <laughs> first army was Craftworld Elder. And that's again for me partly why I chose Tyranids, but also I think uh, one of the things sort of I alluded to at the beginning. I think before you choose an army, you sort of need to work out what's your 
journey. Um, I mean, Alex, for example, picked orcs because the rule of cool. Um, he liked them, original army. Um, he sort of then got dragged into the competitive army, uh, sort of element, sort of somewhat, by coming and joining us at the Barming Club um, and sort of getting the penchant for competitive play, I would say. I don't think that was your initial idea at the outset. No, I hadn't, I just wanted some people to play with. And then I accidentally, I accidentally fell in with a competitive or semi-competitive club um, um yeah yeah it happened but, yeah because I... my first my first army was blood angels mm. and um i picked it because i came back to the hobby but i used to play fantasy not 40k therefore i always missed not having a, a space marine army and i picked uh, blood angel for the rule of cool still i can't shoot in the shooting phase so maybe the playing all phases is true because I know that I can't I can play that phase. And um, even with sisters. And um, so, yeah, but I don't regret it. It was easy to paint. A lot of gold, a lot of red, a lot of black. Let's see. Yeah. Quite a decent variety of model and very unique. Cool kit bashing. At the time, there was this mesh captain. I did three or four of them, which was quite cool. And... Um, even though they only play one phases, they're not too bad, as in first army, in my opinion, because it's one of the most difficult phases, the fight yeah. phase. So if you learn that, it's, a, it's good. See, uh, my my first army pick was Craftworld Eldar, and that's because I lived in Folkestone and was 12, and basically if someone else in the group already had the army, you can have it too. <laughs> um, which, if you talk to that's, Alex... That's the best rule ever. Ask Alex... Um, Alex Laher and asked Greg, um, who you might eventually meet one day, one of my friends, he came around and played, and I said that to him, and he was like, yeah, that's why I picked Guard, because no one else had it, so that's all I was allowed. Um, again, 12, 13-year-olds, you want you want variety when you play. You don't all want to be owning Blood Angels, because it's boring. Well, it's I mean, we can't, we can't all be Simone playing Blood Angels, joining BGT, and um, getting with Stephen Box, who's possibly one of the best Blood <laughs> Angels players we've got in the country. That must have been quite... A good learning curve, Simone, I imagine. Well, I ended up in VT because I was looking for some example on how to play Blood Angels, and people kept mentioning Steven Box, and then uh, I ended up looking at his videos, and uh, that's why I ended up in Vanguard Tactics basically at the time because I wanted to learn to play my army as best. Maybe <laughs> if I picked another army, I would never have done the same yeah. path, who knows. So the next sort of aspect we're going to look at, and this could there be more. the most... There is, there is so much more. I, 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 I object, Your Honour. I think we should probably <laughs> do the next section as another podcast, because I can see that skill, <laughs> skillful, skill ceiling, player progression, what's a new player to different levels of thing. I think that is a whole podcast okay. on its own. Fine. Personally, so, we're in a <laughs> because there's, there's a mutiny. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we could. What we could do is is we could record all of this now, and then we could have a week off. But no, apparently not. Um, so there will be a part two apparently now because we're doing that. Um, we're seven Stay episodes tuned. in. Stay tuned yeah, for our Patreons that don't. The least anticipated sequel of the year. <laughs> 
more blathering to occur. Um, so we will go on to a, we will go on to a further episode that sort of looks at actually, although there are better armies to choose from potentially. Again, rule of call, point of view, opinion, ignore us, whatever. Um, there are then sort of looking at where can you go with that army. Um, and that sort of will take us on to looking at the skill floor, the skill ceiling. We have sort of touched on it, but also a little bit more on hobby considerations. Um, and also looking at actually being a new player um, and different different levels of new players. You've got a new player who's picked exactly. up the book the first time, right? And you've also got a new player who's played a few games. It's starting played... the next episode. He's doing it. Yeah, they, they've heard this. <laughs> competitive thing and I want to move on yeah. to that so I think yeah crack on exactly so before we get into part two um, we will come on to that in the next episode and sort of dig into that problem we, we've delved a little bit deeper by accident um, one of the things and again really happy about this um, we're going to look at um, an email we received that wasn't from Alex did you get the uh, air horn uh, cannon we need, we need the air cannon up. I mean, can that, you prove? Can great. you prove that it wasn't me from a burner account? Uh, yes, because he's real. So this email for this week, and hopefully many more to come. Um, his first piece of advice uh, from a subsequent email was maybe if you included it in the episode description, more people would email. The email is now in every episode description. Uh, so this email is from David, um, who is actually local to Kent. David, we love you already. He, he uh, might be a Tau player. Or Votan. Or Knights. We need, we need background research on David before we say we love him, actually. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to commit to any statement before I know that. Yeah, Matt and uh, Alex were a bit more forward than Simone. They, they, <laughs> they... <laughs> Evidence first. So uh, he emailed to say, hello, Team Hivemind. Thanks for the podcast. Hooray. Um, it's interesting to hear what's going on in the local meta. I started playing again over the last year and attended my second tournament a month ago where I brought Chaos Knights. Hooray! Um, it's my first time on a layout like this. Um, the event he went to runs uh, GW Terrain, and I'm also new to Knights. And it seemed the terrain was crazy dense, especially in the middle. I would expect some limited movement channels. Some were so tight, what started as a night size gap soon became, this is turning a bit dark, uh, became too small to fit after the ruins had been slightly nudged on the acrylic base during the course of the game. What would your approach be on a terrain layout like this when you're fielding knights or lots of vehicles? Should I have established the size of the gaps on the table with my opponent before starting? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, thanks, Dave. So I'm going to, um, just to start off this like slightly smaller segment, I'm going to read uh, what I told him. Hi, David. Nice way to start an email. Um, and I invited him to join our Discord, um, you know, because why wouldn't you join our Discord? This is another place where you can sort of get answers like this from idiots like us. Um, lovely people. Sorry, lovely people. So as I said to him, it's always best to check and find out other ways that you can have or experience a better sort of uh, tournament um i've always found myself that it's um, really important to be clear with your opponent um about the terrain you know discuss it talk about what's on the table even even though at most events the terrain is consistent now in the uk across tables 
just talk about it because then it saves discussions or issues later. Then, you know, look at when you're before you're going to the event itself, actually, sorry, um, actually consider what the terrain type is before your list construction. Is it GW? Is it player placed? Um, is it uh, World Team Champions WTC? Is it something completely unique to that event? Is really important for the list building as you need to think about them for firing lines, movement, how you know, survivable your army will be. Always check the event pack is the next point I made because actually you can just check what have they written down in there. Um, in the case of that event specifically, they uh, which was a Gothic Games Canterbury event, it did actually have in the event pack that there should always be a four-inch gap between terrain pieces to accommodate night-sized models. So it had been specified in there. This is the same for pretty much all events. Um, I know, for example, UKTC events have really specific um, measurements, much like ours, for how the terrain should be placed in the event pack. If you're concerned about, um, and this is obviously for anyone, if you are attending an event and you are concerned about being able to move your army around the board because of shifting terrain, make sure you clarify gaps between terrain pieces with your opponent to remove that as a worry. You might point at a terrain piece, for example, Alex with his kill rigs goes, that's a four inch gap. I can fit my kill rig through this space. And your opponent says, yes. If you then go to move your kill rig through that space and it doesn't fit, you've already had that conversation. You remove that awkward moment and through from the game and speeds it up. If there's ever any doubt or if there is an issue, especially if you've already had this conversation, call a judge. It's literally what they're there for. Um, we then went on to talk about GW style layout specifically, um, where I spoke about actually because of the terrain pieces, I like to take a lot of armages. Um, can feel a bit oppressive for your opponent, though. Um, did write that. As they can really benefit from the obscuring potential of the plates, also allows for easier staging. Um, and big Questorus size knights or the whatever for chaos, I can't remember, don't die as quickly. And I said thank you to uh, him for actually emailing in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm basically reading the email, um, keeping Alex entertained. Um, James, as it you can't tell us that you said thank you. I can. I said, Be grateful. And then I, and then I, and then I, I pressed send on the email, and then I, uh, and then I turned my computer off, and then I went and painted some more hammer models. No, no, then he replied, so I replied back. Um, and we had a nice little dialogue. It was great. <laughs> hello, uh, hello, James. <laughs> have you read the emails too? Um, but yeah, uh, aside from the idiots that I work with, that's sort of my main thought. So, and again, my emails out like this. Because your emails don't have a point, you just send an email saying, look at my knob. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, again, thank you to David for the email. I mean, uh, any thoughts? Well, I'm going to force executive power now to mute them all. Thank you, James. Have we composed ourselves? Alex hasn't. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We've got an episode I'm done. Time, Moving on. Based on the email that was sent in, Please we're more. never going to get another one. Never going to happen. So... In terms of preparing for event, particularly for the terrain, to answer the question, what would your personal approaches be? Is there anything more we need to add, do you think, or that you sort of have experienced? I think, being someone that uses skill, I would say that 
yes, setting out the store at the start of the game is really important. But also, if something if something on an acrylic base gets moved during the game, it doesn't really matter. You know, they, they get moved all the time. Um, you've already established how big that gap is. And so it's fine. You know, your kill rig can fit through it, your knight can fit through it. But just doing that groundwork at the start of the at the start of the game helps. It helps even more if it's in the pack, and then there's no arguments at all, and you can spend the first two minutes of the game just resetting all of the measurements so that everything's absolutely right. I did. It. Yeah, I think it's that it's that confidence thing, isn't it? To have that discussion with an opponent, and then you can feel more comfortable as the game progresses. Yeah, it is something cool. that you, you that that feels much easier and becomes part of your your standard set of questions pre-game. So I'll always, you know, when I'm speaking through lists, I, I always tend to ask, can anything advance and charge? Because that, that helps me a lot know where I've got a measure to when I'm either going full whack in with the orcs or or I'm holding back. And as well as those standard set of questions, just making sure that everyone's clear on, is that, you know, is the ground floor line of sight blocked or is it open? Is it true line of sight? Can people move through this? They all become just part of the standard set of things that you ask every game. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, Alec, creating a standard set of questions that you know you're going to ask every opponent because it removes potentially for, as you know, going back to the mental health episode, that level of anxiety. If you have to have them written down, have them written down. No one's going to care. At least then you know you've asked those to ignore those gotcha moments of, oh, I didn't realise that unit could advance and charge, or, oh, you can come in turn one. Oh, crap, I didn't scream for that. At least then it gives you a more solid footing for going into the game. Yeah, Terrain so, is important. Uh, hopefully, well. so definitely, definitely yeah. make sure that you and your opponent both have the same assumptions on terrain. I've had it before. I've played a game where the terrain out looked equal, so both players had the same layout symmetrically but what i hadn't realized from my perspective was that one of the ruins on my right side was actually the ground floor was unblocked my opponent's right side was blocked i had assumed that mine was blocked put all my units in there and i just got shot off the board turn one i hadn't had that conversation so i would definitely say yeah talk, talk it through your opponent before the game and as, as we've all said if there's an event pack our event packs have all of the measurements and stuff in it, yeah it is a good question, David. Yeah. Thank it's you. a really relevant Thank one. You. Yeah. Especially, I hate you all. <laughs> um, I'm just grateful that it wasn't Alex's knob. Um, again, <laughs> which is an orc. To point out, Alex is not sending crude photos, thankfully. I'm sending um, orc nobles, you disgusting humans. Noble, an orc. Huh. We're always happy to receive emails, talk about them, discuss them. And join the Discord for more of that uh, that will allow you to sort of find out uh, a little bit more about THM events. And, uh, again, Facebook is another place that you can explore a little bit more about the events we're running, as well as things like our Work in Progress Wednesdays and other posts around that. And um, also the email address you can send to make Matt and Simone and Alex laugh at me for four minutes. Um, it's teamhivemindtactics <laughs> at gmail.com, which will also be in the episode description. Um, thank you to David. <laughs> there we go. We uh, for making James. that suggestion, because that's we not actually you, something I'd we thought to do. James. I know. The work in progress Wednesdays, there's always mm. 
there's a frightening amount of progress in there. We're, there we're an active group. And something that's really cool also on the Discord is that actually we've now got a buy and sell page, and that's thanks to Ian. And again, we're happy to take suggestions from people uh, to sort of improve the Discord and expand the community. So there is now that aspect. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far. <laughs> Should we go now? Yes, we can go now. Yes.